What's up, guys? Welcome back to Torvald Talk. Thank you all for listening. Super excited for this episode. In this episode, this was kind of uh, just a conversation that me and J-Fan and Joseph had. There was no real thing coming into this. This was just, just a conversation, honestly, that I would normally have. And y'all just kind of got to sit in. I think this was the most unscripted, untalked about, unplanned podcast episode we've done to date. Uh, so I hope y'all enjoy it. This will give you perspective on church, Again, this is not the end-all be-all, but this episode specifically, we talk about the church and the function of worship and God and what he longs to be in relationship with you and his people. So I hope that this episode just helps build your faith and gives you a new perspective. Love y'all. Peace. Yeah, I've wondered what like, what you're talking about wondering like what the purpose of relationship is it's not just to kill time or not feel lonely yeah i think deeper purpose is to draw people or to lead people back to god that yeah that first definition is worldly worldly definition of relationships and friendships is to just not feel lonely have someone to do something with Mm. Or have people to be around you so that you think you have worth because people are around you or people want to be around you. So that's where you get your worth from. Just talking like friendships, not even relationships. That's a whole other deal. Well, I mean, friendships are relationships, I guess. Sorry. Romantic relationships. Uh, Romantic relationships. But we have uh, on the podcast set with us today, um, world-renowned worship leader, Joseph Thompson. How old are you, Joseph? 20. 20 years old. And single. And single. (laughs) Joseph got real uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay, Joseph. You're hot. It's okay. Just embrace it. Yeah, for real. I'm trying to think of a question now. Mm -hmm. Since our topic is... Or rather, what we want to talk about is worship. Honestly, who knows where it's going to go? Because I think the last ones we did, <laughs> we just went we all went, over the place. Dude, those are the Unplanned. best ones. Yeah. Because and that's the goal of this is that this is just conversation. Yeah. Like, then there are conversations we would have otherwise, you know. Um, but yeah. I think uh, what... Do y'all personally think what has worship like been to you guys? What has worship done in y'all's relationship with the Lord? Well, I think everything's worship. Like, and I say that obviously, but it's not just music, not just singing. Um, I was talking to uh, Gabby Thursday night. And we talked actually like a lot about worship and what that looks like. I think worship for me is, and for everyone, like it's sacrifice. Uh, Like I don't think it is really worship unless it costs you something. Hmm. I know that's a pretty bold statement because you can sing. But something I guess I'm just now kind of, as I say that, yeah, I don't think it's worship unless it costs you something because you can be in a room and feel God's presence and sing and feel his presence. 
But I don't know that it's necessarily worship unless it's costing you something. Because mm. worship is sacrifice. Because there's a difference between praise and worship. You can praise God and feel his presence, but I think worship is a different thing. I generally don't actually know if that's like super accurate. I just had that thought and it came out of my mouth. And I was like, I think it is though, because worship <laughs> and praise are different things. And I do believe that worship is costly. Yeah. I, I think I think a lot of people also do worship like, oh, I'm coming in to receive. And even you know, what Gabby talked about on Thursday, that most of the time it's us giving God what he's worthy of. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be, I always think of uh, David when the tabernacle, or not the tabernacle, the Ark of the Covenant came. True, yeah. And he danced before the Lord undignified. Um, and then his wife got on to him about that. And he was like, I will become more <clears throat> undignified than that. Yeah. Of like, that's what the Lord is worthy of. Oh, and there's, uh, and it talks about David hiring, I think it was a thousand people 24 hours a day to just be outside of the tabernacle, just worshiping. Like David paid people to, to do that. Hmm. Um, don't know where it says that um now i vaguely remember that yeah of like wow like that's what the lord is worthy of Mm -hmm. and it's like whoa and even what you were talking about with the gather house it's like man like imagine if that was our heart posture as a city and as a people of like we don't just do it because it's you know we think it's a good idea or we you know something new but it's like, man, is that something that the Lord is like worthy of? I think of like Upper Room that they do their their all day prayer and worship at their church of like anyone can come in. But it's it's a constant, I don't know, just ministering to the heart of God. Cause that's I feel like also what worship is too, is that yeah. I feel like a lot of people it goes ties back into people expect to get something. You do get something, but most of the time it's you having to give something first. Mm-hmm. Whether, and, I mean, yeah, whether it's your time or just dignity to sing. Or convenience. Yeah, or convenience. Yeah. Because some of us sound like dying ducks when they sing, but he loves it. Or or people treat worship like it's an extra add-on thing. Yeah. Like some people walk in, you're like, oh, you know, it's just music right before the, the sermon or, you know, just something we do. Most people come in. That's one thing that bothers me. Um, in some services where people come in on Sunday mornings with their coffee and they're just like, there's there. And it's like, mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. This is our attitude towards it. Yeah. I Great. Think, I think it just says you're saying that the one, unfortunately that's very true. Yep. But I wonder if maybe we, Oh, that was a stutter. Maybe the heart of worship before hearing a message is because the whole point of worship is to look at him and give him what he's worth. And so in so doing that, your eyes are off yourself if you came in with them on yourself. And so you look at him and are more aware of him in worship than anything else. Uh, actually, Michael Culliano said, you're not worshiping unless you are more aware of him than you are of the room you are in. And I was yes. like, ooh, that 
That's so true. Yes. And um, hmm. the idea of worship before a message is so that your heart is on him. So when you hear truth, you better receive it because you're not, you don't have guards up because people come in with guards up all the time on a Sunday morning and are focused at looking at yourself rather than you look at him and then you hear his voice, you hear him speak through a preacher, through his word in whatever way. I believe worship prepares your heart to be able to hear from him rightly. Yes, I agree. And to receive whatever is going to be spoken. Yeah, I, yeah. I totally get that. <clears throat> Joseph, <laughs> Joseph, as a as a worship, um, I Guy. got too close to the mic. As a worship leader, uh, as a worshiper, um, what is what is worship to you? Um, I think for me, it's a it's just a response to God. Um, because I don't think, I think that you have to see God as he is first and then worship comes from that. I don't mm. think, I think a lot of times we look at people and we, we come into a room and we wonder why it's cold and we wonder why people aren't worshiping and we think maybe it's the leader, maybe it's the songs. Um, but I think that if people don't know God's love and they don't know him, then you're not going to get the response you think is due if people don't see him. Mm. Um, and so, so especially uh, with, with student worship, um, I think um, like we, it's, it's the same thing. We, we wonder why they're not worshiping, but I think, um, I mean, I mean, cause I can relate. I know that when I was younger, before I knew God personally, um, I was not opposed to singing songs or what we call worship. Like it was okay. Um, you know, and I, I didn't hate it. I didn't, you know, like absolutely love it. Um, but, um, you know, it's just kind of something that we did, you know, and, you know, if you don't see God yet, you know, that's okay. Um, but I think that it was after God showed to, like started to reveal himself personally to me and started to see, as I started to see his, love and grace poured out like on me in spite of like my sin and where I was at and that he was calling me out of my sin and said that he was going to like be with me and walk me out of it. I think that's where my, um, that's where worship comes from. And so that's where I started to, started to worship or what we call worship or whatever is when, when I started to realize who he is and how personal he was, um, and just his goodness. So, mm. I think it comes out of seeing him rightly. Yeah, I yeah. think that's a huge part of it. I, that's one thing that I, I think most of my conversations with people and talking about like the Lord and who we are, like it's because we don't see him rightly. That's why we we miss the mark. That's why we miss why we do things. I think that's why we miss. Um, I think that's just why we miss a lot of the stuff that we do, even in church, in our own walks. Like, why do I read my Bible? 
Well, you've been told growing up, you know, you should really read your Bible because like, that's what you're supposed to do. And it's like, oh, wait, time out. No, it's actually like God's living word. And even if you back up to that, all right, like who is God? Well, he loves you, right? And here's his word. It's a love letter to you. Like he loves you more than you could ever possibly imagine. Just like a lover, if you, if you know, you're in a relationship with someone and you love them like in a romantic way. Well, if they text you, if they call you, if they write you a letter, you are not going Sheesh. to like, uh, yeah, I'll read that later. No, you are like, oh my goodness, <clears throat> I, let me read that again. You might read it 20 times. Mm. And that's how the Lord is with us. And yet, how many of us see the Bible that way of mm -hmm. like, oh, this is and like, and that's something the, the Lord has been working on me recently of like, this is like what my word is to you. And it's like, and if you're mine, and if you are allowing me to work on you, well, then you're going to want to read my word. Not because you should, or it's the right thing to do, but it just, it you just long for it. Um, and it's not to get knowledge. Like when you read a love letter from someone, it's not just to get knowledge about how they feel about you. Like, no, like you're reading it because it's their words that they are like bestowing on you, the promises that they're giving you, the whatever it is, mm. like it, it carries weight. Yeah. And so how much more with the Bible should it be? So back to that if people don't understand the heart behind what worship is and that it's not singing songs it's not about having all the fancy lights it's not about having a six-person band mm -hmm. it's not about the music that we sing it's not about how it sounds if the transitions are right if the everything if it doesn't because oh and that's one thing too Guess what? The congregation does not give a crap about any of that stuff. Right. <laughs> Nobody can tell if the transitions were off. Nobody mm. can tell. Nobody can tell unless you're someone who plays music, who's led worship before, which that's some people. But unless you've experienced that, if you're in the congregation, nobody cares. And first of all, back to what you said, if you are not more aware of Jesus in the room around you well then you might not be worshiping yeah yeah i agree and i feel like a lot of churches and a lot of people think it's all about how do we cultivate the experience how do we make people engaged well if you're not pointing them to jesus first guess what it doesn't <laughs> matter about them being engaged yeah who cares because mm. if you want them to be engaged you're missing the point yeah i actually was thinking about that on the way over here um I was thinking about another church um, and just kind of how it's structured. And then I was thinking about, um, just no point in mentioning this other church. They're a wonderful church. Um, but then I was also not in a bad way, but just not kind of comparing, but not really comparing, but just thinking about upper room and why you have like mega churches. And then you have like upper room, yeah, uh, Jesus image, Bethel. And just... I don't know. I was just really curious. And it's because they're, they have no agenda other than to the leadership. And it's 
I've just been really on upper room lately. Same. Um, the leadership of that church, like Michael Miller, I had the privilege of like being close in like in a small room and with like only a few hundred people uh, last year um, at dwelling place and getting to like see not like on a TV or mm-hmm. not like from far away in upper room, but like close to feel like who he is and look in his eyes and, that man exists to minister to the heart of God yeah. and the worship leaders at um, upper room, they exist to minister. And that's how they live as we exist yes. to minister to the heart of God. And, yeah. and so their whole purpose is, um, I think, I really think this is probably how they do church is the leadership goes, we're going after him. Yes. And if y'all want to come and enter the building and mm-hmm. also come after him, yep. sweet. If you don't, if you okay. Don't. But yep. we as leadership, as leaders, we're going after his presence and we're going to do everything that we can to invite him to come be in here and have his way and to look at him rightly yes. and be in relationship with him and for him to come and feel the room, fill the room and for us to to learn what moves his heart and then move yes. his heart. And that's why that church and other churches like it, I really believe are as big as they are because like you said, Joseph, worship is is comes from a place of seeing him rightly and once you see him rightly everything else is ruined for you nothing else comes close and so you live your life one right look and your life shifts to how can i see him again more rightly Mm -hmm. how can i see him more rightly how can i get in a place where his presence is there how can i have my affection for him stirred and I think that's, I really believe that is, that is church is if you're going to start a church or, you know, finger quotes, do church or whatever as a leader, worship leader, pastor is, uh, I'm going to go after the presence of God and that will take care of the amount of people that you desire or think should be in your church is he will draw them. Your Mm -hmm. responsibility is to go after him. And people will be pulled to that because of who he is. And like we talked about before we started this, friendships and relationships. Um, when you see someone hotly pursue the Lord and respond to his hot pursuit of them, it wildly fans the flame of affection for your heart. And it yes. makes you go, ooh, you have something that I have, mm. but you're a little bit different. In a, not in like a comparison way, but you are pursuing him in a way that I haven't seen yet. I want to be around you because however you are pursuing him in whatever way in which you are living to have intimacy with him, show me how to do that because I want that intimacy with him. I don't know if any of that made sense, but it just kind of mm-hmm. came out. Yes. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And that's one thing also <clears throat> listening to Michael Miller talk about that of like the Lord desires to be with his people. Mm -hmm. Like if you look through all throughout the new Testament, like the Lord wanted to at the, in the beginning in the garden, he walked, it says the Bible says he walked in the cool of the day with Adam and Eve. Yeah. And the way Michael Miller put it is the, the God who is everywhere wanted to be somewhere Mm. specific. I thought about that on my car right over here too. Yeah. That's what he, that's what he longs for. Right. Yeah. And then you look in with Moses and the people of Israel, the Lord literally dwelled in the cloud 
the Lord dwelled over the tabernacle, which fun fact, the tabernacle and how the people were, this is a side note, but the people who were in the camp, if you look at it in a picture, the way they were encamped was in a cross and the tabernacle was in the center. Hmm. Yeah, that's a little fun fact that I didn't know that. Mm. And I was like, wow. Um, but bottom line is the Lord desires to dwell with his people. And as the church, how much more do you think the Lord wants to dwell with us now? But it it comes at the, I don't know, at the realization of that, that the Lord wants to be with us. And then how do we host his presence well? Are we going to stick to a schedule? Are we going to, you know, sing songs or are we going to like, is our heart behind church? Like, okay, we've seen it done this way. So we're just going to do it this way. Or is it, all right, God, what do you want to do? What do you want? Uh, what is our heart posture? And what? It, and again, it all starts from that. And if we don't get that, well, it's not going to happen. But the Lord desires, and we've talked about this before. But the Lord, He's doing a new thing in mm. in the earth. Like He's yeah. moving. And unfortunately, I've seen a lot of people in the church world, specifically, miss it for the sake of, you know talking about politics or talking about <clears throat> stuff that does not matter. And it's like, Jesus is the reason Jesus is the answer. Um, but it's our, it is our, just our human nature to get caught up with all that other stuff. But it's like, man, if you have like spent time with the Lord and if you got around people that are hung, like are hungry and chasing after his heart, yeah, you see that the Lord is moving and he's doing a new thing over like multiple different churches who like are not correlated. They're in different cities. Like you can see that there's a fresh hunger in, in mm -hmm. people for what the Lord has. Yeah. Um, and I think he's calling the church specifically and worship is one of the avenues of mm -hmm. like, this is how I change your heart. This is how I come and dwell with you is through worship. That's yeah. how you like, that's how we, we welcome the presence of God is through worship. It's not a little yeah. side thing. Worship is often a vehicle into his presence. Yes. And um I I love his word. And so don't hear it I'm not saying there is something about um worship and that being the vehicle into his presence. But there is something about his tangible presence like the God that's everywhere when he chooses to fill my little bedroom with him mm. that wildly changes who I am because the nature of being in his presence means, uh, you know, glory means weight, right? So oh. if the weight of the God who spoke the universe into existence chooses to be in my bedroom, then whatever is not him is gonna have to leave for mm -hmm. him to be in there. And that, in those places and in those moments, his presence changes me more than any other point in time. And I mentioned the, I love his word, don't hear it, I'm not saying, mm -hmm. because often, and he's leading me 
into this a little bit more, but I just oftentimes read his word and it's more so to know his word. Yeah. But like you said earlier, the love letter, there are moments when I will literally read scripture and just start crying because my affection for him is so stirred. And I just didn't want it to make it sound like I was discounting scripture because worship is, I think for many people, it is an easier vehicle into his presence than scripture is. And I don't really like have a lot of thought about that because I want scripture to stir my affection for him just as much as worshiping yes. him does. Yes. Um, because it's the holy word of God. Yes. And I forgot where I was going with that, but basically his presence is everything. And that's what. Hmm. that's what it that, that was the word I was trying to get to his presence is what changes you he yeah. is omnipresent but his choice to make himself present in a particular place is what changes you yeah. so if you're singing and his presence is not there nothing's happening and you're wasting your breath hmm. um, and if you're reading a scripture and he is not there then you're just gaining knowledge for knowledge's sake mm-hmm. and um yeah. And more often than not, yeah. I feel like I know for me it's a sorry. We have to ask him to reveal himself to us. Hmm. Cuz yeah. more often than not I find myself of like just being disconnected and just like doing it. But the Lord's like no, like invite me in, like ask me, seek and you will find. Oh, yeah. Ask and the door knock and the door will be open. Mm-hmm. Um and I feel like a lot of people don't, it goes get back to what we were talking about. Um, what day was that? I don't remember. But talking about like, if we have access to him as his kids, like we should then be able to ask. And like, we should be able to ask for wisdom. And like the Bible says, ask for wisdom and it will be given. Um, and it, it all goes back again. All this just goes back to, are we seeing God rightly? Um, and do we know what we have access to? I think most people don't realize what they have access to. I agree. Uh, that scripture, um, Luke 7, is where it's found about knocking and the door will be open. Keep knocking mm-hmm. and then keep searching and you'll find. Uh, there's another scripture in Proverbs that I heard Bill Johnson quote. And I went and looked up. I believe it's Proverbs 27. And it says, it is the glory of God to hide a thing. Mm. It is the glory of man or glory of kings to search that thing out and yes. find it and discover it. Yeah. And I think one of the, like, like you said, one of the new things that God is doing in the way that he interacts with his people is teaching us how he loves to interact with us mm. and what moves his heart for him to come in and be in a place when he's everywhere. And, I think the biggest part of that is realizing your right identity as a son or a daughter and just saying, you know, Abba, I want more of you. Will you yeah. show me more of you? Because um, I think people get caught up in the pursuit of him and lose sight of the fact that he was already like hotly mm. pursuing you before you were born yeah. and just stopping for a minute and going, will you just show me where you are and mm. reveal more of yourself to me? And if I need to pursue in some way, show me how to pursue you. Or if maybe I just need to stop trying and let you pursue me and let you love me. God, well, even right now, I'm going to say, God, help me let myself be loved by you 
and do whatever needs to be done in me so that I can see you more rightly mm. rather than just going, okay, I'm going to go read the Bible for X amount of time, or I'm going to go to this, 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 and this worship thing so that I can get more of him. Those are, that's a good desire. Yes. But when it's out of this striving heart posture rather than, or this is what I'm supposed to be doing, yeah. or this is how it's always been done. Or yeah. yeah worshiping because everyone else is worshiping or mm-hmm. like, uh, like I told you, I told you earlier, the gather house event, it's like 28 hours of constant worship. Um, I, uh, I didn't want to go cause I was already really tired and mm-hmm. it was really late, but I knew that, I knew that he was going to be there mm-hmm. and I wanted to see him. So I went and it was, uh, beautiful and wonderful and mm-hmm. obviously like i'm glad that i went but there are a couple other people who <laughs> literally stayed all night brock stayed all night mm-hmm. uh paul stayed all night yeah deeply admire both of them yes. and that's really encouraging and inspiring and i could have like i had the ability to stay all night mm-hmm. um but i really i didn't um feel any tug in my heart of the lord telling me to stay all night mm-hmm. and it would have blessed it if i stayed but if i did stay it would have ended up being out of this like oh i need to stay you know yeah because i just need to stay it's what i should do since i have the time to do it and it would have been out of i think you still would have blessed it but the heart posture i would have missed out mm-hmm. um because my heart posture would have been out of i just should rather than it would I have been an to, I should yeah. rather than an I want to. Yeah. And I think that's everything in worship. Oh, yeah. And he'll still bless the do it because you should because he's Absolutely. worthy of worship. He'll yeah. still bless that. But I believe that there is, a, like the Bible talks about, a double portion mm. shaken up, pressed down, stirred, and overflowing. And I think you reach that place of his presence, that double portion, mm. when it moves from doing it because you should do it and then moving into um because he's worthy of it i'm going to and then the oh he's worthy of it so everything in me longs to pour this out on him even Mm -hmm. if it's hard and even if it's costly i think that place you get to see him a little bit more rightly Mm -hmm. and it just keeps going and you see him more rightly because relationship with him is for the rest of our lives is a continual discovery of the mystery of who he is because mm. he's infinite. Yeah. And you taste and see, and then you just keep tasting and keep mm-hmm. seeing because his goodness runs deeper than we can fathom. Mm. Yeah. And I kind of want to go back to what you're talking about of like when his presence is in a place that draws people. Yeah. And how should that not be our model for how we do corporate gatherings? Hmm. Our MO should not be how do we put on the best looking show? How do we finagle? How do we, you know, make people want to come, right? No. How about are we seeking after the Lord so that? then people want to come because they know that the Lord is there as opposed to, Oh yeah, I like coming here cause it's vibey or it's, you know, they have sure. good food or they, Hey, they have good worship. They have good coffee. They have a good preacher. Those are great things. 
those are great things. <laughs> and those that's a whole nother conversation of like, you should be doing everything that you do with excellence. Mm-hmm. But if excellence gets in the way of God and what he wants to do, well, then you are not doing what you're called to be doing. Because our job, and I think that's where a lot of churches and a lot of church people miss it, is your job is not to make people feel comfortable. Your job is mm-hmm. not to draw people in. Yeah. That's not your job. Your job <laughs> is to minister to the heart of God. If you're getting paid to do that, your job is to minister to the heart of yeah, God. Literally, it is. <laughs> that is. That's your job. And then guess what? Out of that, then it's the loving people. Then it's it's uh it's like with Moses and the people of Israel. What what should have happened is Moses should have sent the people up the mountain. Or it should have been like, no, like, look, God is up there. Like, let, like, let's go see him. Now I know the Bible and people will, yeah, they weren't supposed to go up the mountain. Yes. But it should have been the heart posture of no, like, look at Jesus, Mm. like, look at him. And like, he's where this comes from. That's where this desire and this passion comes from. It's not because I'm trying to force you to do something. Yeah. I'm not trying to cultivate an experience for you. My job should be to point you to Jesus. Mm-hmm. I should not have to impress you with the way that I speak. I should not have to impress you with the play, the way that I play my worship music. I should not have to impress you with the coffee and the pastries that we have. I should not have to impress you with the furniture in the buildings. My job is to point you to Jesus. Yeah. And if we miss that, mm. well, then guess what? Then you're going to have people that get frustrated. Yeah. You're going to have people that miss the point. We're going to get caught up in all the little stupid stuff that at the end of the day does not matter. Mm. And we wonder why we're in such a disarray as the big C church. Yeah, It's because we've been missing the heart of why we do this. And we can say we do all of the little things. Oh, because we love the Lord. Well, guess what? If those things get in the way, well, then we're missing the point. That's good. That's very true. And and you wonder why people aren't drawn to churches. You really, you wonder why. It's like, oh, the thing? Because we have not done a good job of being who Jesus has called us to be. Mm. We've settled for a consumerized, comfortable 45 minutes to an hour service, and then we're out of here to go to Cain's. Well, then we're missing yeah. the point. So, hmm. yeah, that's that. That literally is one thing that I think the Lord has. I don't know why, but that's one of my buttons. Buttons. Yeah, that wasn't tell. two years ago. That like yeah. literally was not a button for me two years ago. Mm. But the Lord, I I don't know, and of course I'm having to learn how to steward that well. Um, but the Lord of like. That's what I want you to be fervently passionate about of like, this is why we do this. This actually matters. Yeah, that's something that uh, he's taught me. Um, I don't remember when it was, but he's shown me how to walk in it and be conscious of it for the past probably two or three years. Uh, The why behind your heart is everything. Yep. Um, because there's always a why there is never a, uh, just doing something just to do it. Even that's a, there's a why behind just doing something just to do it and being, um, 
being the why. What is the why behind your heart? And the goal is the why behind my heart is uh, love for Jesus and desire to minister to His heart. Not just at church, not just in church, but in in all things. That's what it. That's what it should be. Is I want His heart in work. I want His heart working out. I want His heart spending time with friends. I want His heart. Um, with my family, I want his heart serving people, ministering to people, loving on people. Um, and I think when your heart moves only to minister to his heart, things like loving on people and ministering to people, praying Correct. for people, that ministers to his heart because it flows from a desire to minister to his heart. Correct. And, oh, I was going to say something I forgot. Darn it. Uh, worship because we have joseph in here uh something that i've always admired and that you can uh see on joseph and many other worship leaders in what sets apart someone who has a gifted voice and is musically gifted and someone who leads a room into the throne room of heaven is um they are worshiping uh, to an audience of one and they're not striving yep. to pull a room into his presence. Mm. Their heart posture and what I see in Joseph is, hey, I'm, I'm going there. If y'all want to follow me, that's cool. Yep. But his 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 throne room is where I am going and I would love it if y'all joined. And if you don't, mm. it's okay, but that's yep. where I'm going. Yep. And that's what sets apart an anointed worship leader from someone who is gifted and good at leading worship and is good at reading a room is... Whether you can read a room or not, uh, if your heart is just to go into his presence, people will naturally follow. And if they're not going to, then they're not then going they're not to. they're not going to. You're not yep. going to be able to the, manipulate them. Yeah, into you're not going to be able to get someone to enter into God's presence uh, on your own. It's just simply. Or, or get frustrated whenever you feel like your people aren't. Yeah. Well, then what am I not doing? Am I not modeling this well? Then you're putting it on yourself rather Correct. than your only simple. That's why people I that had a conversation and got to pray for a guy last last week. Um, it's it's the gospel so simple. Our yeah. job or rather like our privilege and honor as sons and daughters and as people who step into ministry and are given authority and stewardship over things. It's actually really, really, really simple. Yep. Uh, we just yield to him and he takes care of everything else, but because we're humans and you know, we grew up with the way that seems right to a man and we learn how to do certain things because of the world. We, we think it has to be, you know, more complicated than even salvation in and of itself. People think it has to be more complicated than just, a gift mm -hmm. and a like dream. It seems unreal that it's just because we've grown up having to work, fight and struggle for everything. Mm -hmm. And then Jesus says, no, I already did the work. Just accept this gift. And mm -hmm. then once you once you step into relationship, um, your transformation in him looks like yielding. Mm. Not anything, but just God come do what you want to do in me. Yeah. And there are moments when, yeah, you do have to, you know, in like a holy way, like kind of fight for certain things Absolutely. and prayer for certain things because yes. he is a loving father who is already doing something yes. and invites you into, into a co-laboring with him. Yes. And it's not, it's not actually so much about what he's going for. Sometimes I think 
he can do it no matter what and he's gonna do it no matter what like Mm -hmm. he's god he's gonna achieve his purpose on earth and his goal and will on earth regardless but he has invited you into it for the sake of relationship with you Mm. he wants to co-labor with you he doesn't need you and he doesn't have to have you Mm -mm. but yeah he wants you to come if your father wants to do something with you he wants to like even specifically i was talking to this guy about um like praying for people like the nudge on your heart to go share the gospel and stuff like that and praying for people Mm. um and just kind of ignoring it or waiting until there's another chance and then not not doing that Mm -hmm. um and just the uh he's not so much he is after them But if you don't do it, he's probably going to send someone else to go have them share mm-hmm. the gospel with him. So it's not yep. so much about your lack of going and sharing the gospel as it is he's he's pursuing that person that he's put on your heart. Yeah. But he's inviting you to share the gospel with him because he wants to do something with you. Mm-hmm. He wants to co-labor. He wants you to co-labor with him in pursuit of that person. Yeah. He wants to co-labor with you in leading a room into his presence. He wants to co-labor with you in preaching he wants to co-labor with you and serving mm-hmm. everything with god can be and i believe if you allow yourself to be aware of it is relational with him more than it's about the thing that he's asking you to do it's about him doing something in you so that he can have more intimate relationship with you mm. i love how joseph is just sitting in and we're doing most of the talking and he just <laughs> drops a, a bomb comment like here and there yep <laughs> That's how he does it. But people do listen to you. People listen to you when you speak. Yeah. You're not one who wastes words. He said, oh, I'm embarrassed. <laughs> Joseph, like, that's funny. Ha <laughs> ha. Do you got anything to add to that or no? To, I mean, I had a couple of thoughts. I had yes. when you're talking about, um, okay, so I think that a lot of times when it comes with our, like, I guess, order of service, we kind of, I mean, I think we want God to honor our order of service um, just because, I mean, that's easy and that's simple. Mm. And God does move in in that. Yes. Um, But I think that I, not that you should have services that are disordered. Correct. But I think. That's not what, and that's also not our heart behind it either. I'm not saying throw out the baby with the bathwater. It's, but we have to be more intentional. He's a God of order. Yes, right. so yes for sure. Do yes. follow Very him. Very important. But we also can't do it for order's sake and convenience. I think that's right. one thing right. that I see more often than not is we program it so that we don't have to think about it. But typically the things that we want to program and not think about are the things that God's like, no, like those are the things that I use, like worship, sermons, uh praying for people, times of prayer. Like if we don't, if we are not intentional with those three or four things, we are missing it. Yeah. And I think I'll firmly believe just having been in rooms where the leadership, um, just follows beautifully 
the heart of God for that service in those moments. In the moment, I think um, we people like the church structures so well because we want it to be orderly, you know, and and put together and neat and everything. And right. it is, I think, daunting and can be a little scary to just like yes, plan your sermons, yes, plan worship, yep. but if he moves follow where he is moving correct and that can feel um scary to a human being yes because by nature of just moving with him means you don't know it's we never know where he's going it's uncertain it's it's unknown but just going and following him in the in joining where he is moving because you don't start the move of God. You join the move of God mm-hmm. and follow where the Holy Spirit is going and what's on his heart and how he wants to move and what he wants to do. That, on the other side of that service, and this is not, I'm not speaking about anyone in particular, right. but that service versus a humanly structured one following him mm. and then sitting on the other side of that one versus one that humans try to structure that's going to be way more orderly than anything we could have tried to order because he is the one who set the tone for it. And he is a God of order. So following him every step in every fiber of what he's doing, that will look way more orderly and be way more beautiful. And there will be way more of him in that than something that's ordered than something that people try to order. That's not thrown out. Like you said, like, yeah, we need to have order. We need to have structure, but the ability to go because God does speak to leadership and says, I want to order this way, this way, this way. Yes. Especially, I believe, at our church, um, just to honor the pastors and the prayer team, I know that they spend so much time praying about how to do church at our church. Um, And then also just having the flexibility of like, if he wants to come and do something else, then Mm -hmm. we'll follow him. Yep. What were you saying, Joseph? Felt like I cut you off. Yeah, sorry. Like he does that with life too. You can plan your life, and he'll just be like, "Nah, we're doing this," and I'd be like, "Cool, <laughs> this is scary, but I'm gonna follow you." <laughs> yeah, and get beautifully changed in the process, and fall more in love with him. Hmm. What were you saying, Joseph? Um. Well, I think sometimes we, um. I think sometimes when we kind of, I think sometimes we use, I don't know, if, never mind, I won't say anything. No, say it, do it. That's a pet peeve of mine, you can't start saying something and then not say it. I think that when we trade, uh, when we kind of lose our hope and our expectation and that God's going to move, we're going to fill up that time with something else. Mm. Um And I think when we, I mean, that starts with yourself. Like when if you, you personally have to have your hope and your expectation set on him. But then if you, I think, underestimate your people and think that they're not coming for Jesus and you think that they've lost their hope and they're coming for another reason mm. and you try to fill that in, um, I think that's, yeah, that's not going to end well. But not, yeah, and all. No, that's that when we do, do like the you lead with expectation, and then you, um, I think you honor your people with like believing that they're expecting as well. Mm. And don't like 
dumb it down for them. Right. Mm-hmm. I think. I think especially with students as well. Oh yeah. Students, mm. even adults, like there and and kids. Actually, now that I think about this, there is no gospel for adults, students, children. Yeah. It's all the same. Yeah, it's all the same. There's no. But do we treat it that yeah. way? There's no kid version of the gospel. There's no mm-hmm. like a. Uh, one guy, um, his name's Todd White, who I enjoy listening to. Todd White? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Honor the heck out of that. I hope I get to meet him one day. Not to, like, throw him up on a platform um, or, celeb- like, make him a celebrity, but I've just heard him. I've heard his heart enough to go, I would love to sit down and just have a conversation with you. Mm. Um, just because of the intimate walk he has with Jesus. But he says, there's no junior Holy Spirit. Mm. Kids get the same Holy Spirit that, you know, adults do because mm. we're all humans. Yeah, and I think um, like being in youth ministry, and then uh, for what is it? It's twenty twenty, so nineteen, twenty, twenty one, and now all of twenty twenty two have been in youth groups and just uh, like just loving on students and being a college leader and stuff like that. Um, and then in kids ministry, there is way more depth to youth and kids oh, than yes. um, unfortunately, adults fall into that trap of just kind of slapping a label on the ability and the mm-hmm. depth that kids are allowed to have because they're kids. Yes. Um, and there's been stuff that students have said, just having led a small group for almost a year now. Um, I'm just like, not necessarily that like it caught me, it caught me off guard because I was not expecting a 14 year old to say something with that, with the depth and grasp of that, of that, uh, topic mm. and i was like wow it was humbling so i was like it just made me think so much of our capacity is told to us rather than yes. uh <laughs> thank you god thank you lord uh, he just told me i really feel like he just put that on my heart uh mm. so much of who we are is told to us by other people and put on us by other people right and then he is allowing him to say no this is your capacity and just this past season would have been really rough if I would have lived according to what I thought my capacity was Mm. rather than allowing him painfully. So to show me what my capacity is yeah, and then coming to the end of myself going, wow, uh, my capacity is not big enough to, Mm. to steward or handle what I'm walking through and allowing him to come and stretch it. And so just being in small groups and stuff like that with kids and we just put labels and boxes on people and we limit ourselves because of what people have told us yeah and, um limit our own capacity for right identity and even can limit i think a lot of times like you said joseph like uh honoring people and students in expecting them to come hungry for jesus rather than just come hang out and play ping pong and hang out with friends is um, like we think that that's all they want to do yeah when i like i ask my guys every wednesday um why are you here and what do you want from this 30 minutes that you get with me Mm. because i am here to love you um and to answer any questions i possibly can for you to help you see jesus rightly and uh I literally say, we don't even have to talk about the questions today. What mm. questions do y'all have? Yes. And no, I don't do that in a dis in a in a dishonoring way to Justin and Landon. Right. No. In a I pray about it. And if I 
have discernment that the Lord is going, hey, you just need to kind of breeze through these questions. Mm-hmm. Um, like this past Sunday, science and faith. My 14-year-old dudes were not super interested in the correlation between science and faith. Yeah, um, same. My even guys though yeah, even though how important that is at yes. 14, they just weren't about it. So I was like, okay, guys, like, what do y'all want to talk about? How can I help you? Because I'm here for y'all, not for mm-hmm. me. And um, there's so much more depth to to kids and to youth than we think. And I don't know. I I think that this new thing God is doing is flipping things on its head. And yes. I believe that we're going to see a lot of leaders arise from a young generation. Yes. Rather than this older generation. Mm-hmm. There's going to be way more um, anointed men and women, fierce men and women of God who join his move and forerun a move of God who are young and people would discount and disqualify because of their age. Yes. Um, when they have allowed God to tell them what their depth is and what their capacity is and to expand it mm. rather than allowing allowing others to tell them what it is because of their age or mm. maybe what they've been through. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, don't know where any of that came from and don't remember anything I said for the past, you know, five minutes. So I hope it was good. Thanks for listening yeah. to whatever the Lord wanted to deposit through um, me. I can't tell you how a, many things I a pile have of that dust I'm like, that he I don't even on. remember what I just said. It's wild to me to think that I literally am dust, that the breath of God made the intricacy of the human body Mm. out of dust. That's crazy. That's crazy. Just his (laughs) breath, his voice made the universe. Mm. And yet he delights in us Mm. and wants us and cares. I had a moment with him this past Monday and, um, it was a really, really rough day, a lot of spiritual warfare, and was super heavy and just burdened. And uh, I just went and spent time with him because um, he is the only solution. Mm. Um, he's He is every solution and he is everything. And um, he quickly entered my room and uh, just had worship music on. I was worshiping and I just remember him coming into my room. And I just heard, um, really believe, I don't throw it around a lot. Like, hey, I heard God say this, mm. but I, I believe that I heard him say, just simply, I see your heart mm. and I'm going to take care of it because mm. they're just stuff weighing me down. And yeah. like, yeah, I knew that scripturally and I had read scripture mm. um, that day about that. But just to hear the voice of the Lord whisper that to my soul I'll never forget. And there was some other intimate things um, in his presence that Monday night. But that's wild to me that he's everywhere and created the universe and sees me out of 8 billion people mm-hmm. and just decides to come into my room and just say, I see your heart mm. and it's okay. I'm going to take care of it. Yeah, that is crazy if you let that sink in. Yeah, and just that alone, out of all the other 
not out of all the other, but with all the other encounters that I've had um, with the Lord, he keeps doing it. He mm. keeps he he keeps pursuing my heart. Yeah. And um that right um I just said seeing him rightly in that way and seeing his heart rightly in that way. Uh and encountering his love and his presence in that way. One it just wrecks you for anything that isn't him and mm. uh it's just worthless if it's not him and i'm not that's not saying you know other things are bad but if he's not in it and not the why behind you doing it and not the why behind it entering your life then it's tasteless it and worthless matter. yeah yeah um and uh also that relationship with him intimacy with him stores religion and striving encountering him in that way like no i i, I don't want to you know i don't, I don't want to try to not sin because it's it's wrong it is mm -hmm. but i love you so why would i ever want to do something that you didn't have for me from the beginning yeah why would i want to go pray for someone because it's the right thing to do why would i want to share the gospel because the right thing no it changed my life and it's mm. it, he's everything so my i burn with love to go do the things of him because he loves me mm. that's good because he loves me because he loves me because he loves me mm. and just imagine if more people had a grasp of that it is why i'm on earth is to look at him and then go hey guys i've seen him mm -hmm. this is what it looks like it's it, yeah. it's my not my no not a burden but it is what i desire probably because he's in it like yeah. him he is in it yeah. he is what i desire more than anything else and what i believe is my purpose on earth um is to see him rightly first and foremost and from that place of of uh living in that place of i've seen him so every single person that i can help see him the way that he has showed himself to me mm. that is what i burn for and that's what i believe the american church desperately needs yes is not that i'm special or have no. anything no but like i mean i've, I've seen him yes. rightly i've seen i've seen jesus I mean, mm. no, not like physically with my eyes, but yeah. you know what I'm saying. And so, if something changes your life for the better, I think it's human nature to go. This changed my life for good. I want to share it with everyone, mm. no matter the cost. Everyone needs to know about this. Yeah. Like if you if you found a way to push a button and a million dollars showed up in your bank account, you can't get a million dollars, you know, ever again. You just you push a button, a million dollars shows up in your bank account. And everyone could have that. Would you not go tell everyone, hey, you do this and you have a million dollars in your bank account? Mm. And that's like a kind of a trivial, like silly example. <laughs> uh, but what's up? There's a parable. Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who goes into a field and finds a buried treasure in the field yep. and then buries it and goes and sells all that, all he, has that he has to go buy that field. Mm. It says in his joy. Yeah, he went. Yeah, he went. He went in joy. Yeah, in I, joy. I do remember that. It says he went joyfully. 
Wow. Hmm. He's so good. Yeah. And he just keeps getting better. Hmm. And then when you think, oh, you're good, he goes, I'm actually better. <laughs> he said, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Joseph, you got anything to add? Well, I kind of think that's kind of how our minds work is we kind of have to put some level on something when we think about it. And so when we think about him, we have a level of his goodness I think we have a level, but like, that's just kind of how we have to do it because we can't comprehend infinite. Mm. So yeah, I think he just will keep stretching and keep extending and lifting your level of how you see him. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Beautiful. Mm. <clears throat> well, if you don't have anything else to add, we can end it here. I'll cut I'll cut that and I'll do an outro. Next time you have to talk more. Yeah. No, and that's I what, have to have and, prompts and questions. No, and then and that's the deal too, is I don't I didn't want it to be like, Joseph, what do you have to say? Like I didn't yeah. want it, I, if you wanted to jump in, that's that's the whole deal behind this is that literally it would have been the same as you sitting there that's how the conversation would have went that's how that's how i want it to be and that's how my heart behind every conversation is it's not forced that's literally like every i don't know why i maybe just because it's popular the logan paul the podcast mm-hmm. all they do is just have conversation yes and it's like well, joe rogan all he does is have conversation and it's like one of the most popular podcasts yeah. in the world. Mm-hmm. And that's what people want. And they don't want anything. They don't want anything fake. That's what anything, TV is. Not that prompts and stuff are bad, but no. they want real authentic, unmanufactured, Off natural, or, yeah, organic, yes. real reaction, real thought process. Not a, hey, these are all the questions we we're going to ask you beforehand. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is what most television is. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like scripted and it's like there's a there's a plot behind it. Even the way that they cut it up and tell the story is it has a it has an angle to it. Mm-hmm. But people that is something the people long for real people long because to be like, oh, wait, that guy's just like me. I think because there's rest in that. Yeah. Yeah. People because you don't feel like you have to be anything and you can just. You can relate to people and you can just kind of rest and stop the trying to be something you think you should be when you're not. Yeah, that's I, I, I wrote it. I spent time with the Lord and wrote it down and posted on Instagram. But I basically like titled this little like short notes on my phone, like the earth groans. And I think it basically what I put was like. Everyone has an internal groan for Jesus, whether they know it or not. Everyone has an internal groan for what is real because he is more real than anything else. Mm-hmm. And so everyone groans for what is authentic. That's why the most successful things are the most real, genuine, and, and authentic things as far as food is a good example because all food is fake. But as far as like consumerism and like uh, like podcasts and, and things like that, mm-hmm. I think podcasts are actually starting to take over like 
um, like movie watching and TV watching, people yes. watching more podcasts, even movies, because it's it's real, it's genuine, it's not fake. Unless it's you know like Lord of the Rings, which has been phenomenal, the new TV series, incredible, dude. Apparently, that's like the highest seven hundred fifty million dollars, fifty eight million an episode to produce. See, so my whole theory about that is uh, I talked about it with my boss because um, he's a Christian, but, you know, he got some some growing to do. He loves Game of Thrones. And uh, his thing is, yeah, I think Jeff Bezos. Uh... Thank you all for listening. I hope this conversation was interesting. I hope it helped build your faith. I know this was like completely random. I know we started talking about worship, but then we never talked about worship. Uh, but thank you if you made it this far in the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, see you all in the next one. Peace.